0: Cast this, this is the award-winning After 9 with
1: Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed, or he'll buy it.
0: Good day, everybody!
1: Another hot one in Oof. the world, really.
0: <laughs> it feels like it, in our world at least. Yeah, it, it is, it is. But it's going to cool off quite a bit. It's, it's my kind of week, though, where it's the temperatures. It, it's hot, yes, and I don't mind it. As long as I don't have a ton of outdoor plans, which sounds bad, because I really do like the heat. I don't mind it. But not all day. You know, not all day if I can be super picky about it. It's going to be perfect this weekend so far, though. Knock on something like 25 and sunny, so I'll take that.
1: That's fantastic. Okay, good. Uh, I have a lot of stuff that we are going to cover today. We'll start off with uh, Florida. (laughs) Florida's great. I love love starting in
0: Florida. Let's go. Uh,
1: Although it's not dumb criminals uh, and stupid crimes this time, it's that condo building that they demolished part of Oh yes yes. did you watch the video of them imploding it
0: yes i did yeah
1: am i crazy or was it crazy to implode that before they formally ended the search and rescue operation
0: so i mean no it made sense to me not being involved in it in any way shape or form but still it made sense because it was extremely dangerous for those rescue crews that were trying to find those bodies they were saying at any moment It could collapse at any moment. This chunk could fall off. So do you run the risk of killing basically a crew member? I don't think so, because it's likely the people in there, it's going to be harsh to hear it, but it's they're likely all dead. So if they're all dead and they're basically it's a body mission at this point, which it is, why run the risk of killing someone else in the process? You might as well just destroy the whole thing so there's not a risk there. And then that way you can kind of start combing through everything from the ground down.
1: No, I totally understand and agree with that. It's just that maybe it's the the officials that are doing those daily briefings that are misleading people, but they're still calling it a search and rescue mission, not search and recovery. So I thought when they're going to blow that building up and implode it and let more debris crash down on the debris that's already there, they're basically sealing those people's fate. But you're right. I mean, chances are, as horrible as it is, that they probably won't find any survivors in there at this point. But now Hurricane Elsa is heading right for where the recovery operation is happening. Mm -hmm. It's a tropical storm at the moment, and I'm looking at it. It just rolled over Cuba. Now it's heading for the Florida Keys. Looks like it might make landfall somewhere between Key West and Tampa. Oh, who's on their way to Tampa, right? Yes, the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, no. Habs fans, I admire your can-do attitude. I think it's amazing that against the defending champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, down three games to none, you guys are still that optimistic that they're going to win the cup. What I'm not sure about is, and I've never really understood this, why is it that when your team wins a championship, you feel the need to flip over a police car or kill somebody? I don't understand why police have to go in with tear gas and riot gear to break up what should be a fairly jubilant celebration. Shouldn't it be?
0: Yeah, stupidity. It's stupidity at its finest. I think people get too carried away. I'm not sure what it is, Scott, because for me, if that's my team and something good happened, first of all, calm the fuck down because they haven't won it all yet. Right? Like, why don't you just chill the fuck out? But if that was me and let's say that even happened, let's say I am... I am downtown Toronto with the Leafs just won the cup at home. Let's just give it the best case scenario. L- lighting a fucking car on fire is not even on my close to my list of things to do. No. I don't understand it.
1: Normal people, that wouldn't cross their mind. Like, oh my God, I'm so happy. This great thing in my life just happened. I better set something on fire and chuck a rock through that window. Why would you do that? so dumb. You're partially celebrating pride in your franchise and your city there, why would you want to vandalize it? It doesn't make any sense, Montreal. What are you doing? And they're not the only ones. I mean, it happens in a lot of cities where there's a championship won. For whatever reason, people start rioting, and I don't understand why. It's kind of a counterintuitive thing, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quick question. Can you hear a... a, a Every now and again, some heavy panting and maybe a bark in the background or a hiss. Uh, no different than any other dog.
0: day over there.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> usually some heavy panting. Fuck, um, <laughs> cow. You, like,
0: you have your dog with you and you don't usually, which might surprise some people, but I, I think it's kind of neat. You ha- I mean, you have a dog and you co-own the dog with your girlfriend, but your dog actually isn't usually with you during the week, right? You usually see Charlie mostly on weekends.
1: That's right. So the way it works is my girlfriend and I, we got a dog and the dog stays with her throughout the week. And if she has to go to work or she's got a meeting or something like that, then I will go and stay with the dog and take him for his walks and all that sort of thing. Right now, though, she's up at the car. Co- oh, oh, there. Oh, knock it off. <laughs> yeah. Every now and <laughs> it's sorry. I'm dealing literally my life is in chaos right now. It's fucking nuts. So. My girlfriend's up at the cottage and she's like, oh, you can watch Charlie for a couple of days, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, I've always had a dog. I've never not had a dog. Of course I can watch the dog. Well, since uh, Finn passed away, I have only had the cat. And the problem here is the cat doesn't like the fucking dog. And the cat's used to having run of the house. And the cat was very, it hid in the basement for a while. Anytime the dog was visiting. Now the dog's not leaving. So the cat finally said, I can't stay down here forever. I'm going to have to go and confront this massive beast. The cat weighs maybe 10 pounds. The dog is like between 60 and 70 pounds. And this cat, this little tiny cat, is beating the living shit out of this dog that's 10 times its size.
0: I'm watching this video that you sent me now.
1: Like the cat is just nonstop Floyd Mayweather style, throwing haymakers at the dog, and the dog looks stunned, and then he's like, oh, okay, all right, I guess we'll play some more. He thinks they're playing, the cat thinks he's fighting for his life, and I don't know if I should break this up, or if I should even bother getting involved, mind my own business, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I love that Charlie's so sweet and innocent, like just like sniffing, like dogs do, right? They like to sniff butts, sniff tails, and Charlie's just sniffing the cat's tail here, and oh, fuck no. Just gets slapped in the face, but then goes back in for another sniff.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the obsession with, well, I do understand the obsession with butts. I don't understand a dog's obsession with cat butts, but I can tell you if you're a dog listening to the podcast, maybe your owner was kind enough to leave it on for you when they left. Don't sniff a cat's butt. They don't like it. And much like people, when you get too close to your partner's butt. They will often react in a way that you may not expect. <laughs>
0: they might give you a, they might throw a swat your way. Just a, a quick, a, quick and easy. Get out. It's
1: entirely possible. Entirely possible. Okay, uh, a couple of stories I want to tell you before we talk about what's going on over in the UK because I am just in love with what happened over there yesterday. Uh, dumb criminals. Again, people stop doing illegal shit in the process of doing something that is illegal. Uh this was in Cambridge on Sunday. Police were called to a plaza just off Hespler Road because of a suspicious vehicle in the parking lot. And, and maybe you're wondering, well, what's so suspicious about this vehicle? Two guys sitting in there, they were away from all the other cars, they're just sitting in the car, and the car had paper license plates on it. So the cops showed up. Eh, what's going on here? What's happening? The driver of the car, it was a 22 and 23 year old from Brampton in the vehicle, decided, no, we're not having any encounters with the cops today. So they tried to flee, but this asshole put it in reverse instead of drive and drove right into the cruiser. Didn't mean to do that. That's when the passenger freaked out and tried to bail on foot, but he's too fucking slow. The cop caught him like not even that far away. He barely made it 100 meters. Then, with both guys in custody, police searched the vehicle, found out it was stolen, and it was full of other stuff they had stolen from other people, and they had drugs in the car. Mm, You assholes. Yeah, there it is. You assholes. Listen, you might have gotten away with stealing that car and stealing all the shit that was in the car and even selling the drugs that you were uh, in possession of. You might have gotten away with it had you not done something so egregiously stupid. Like put on a paper license plate to draw attention to the fact that you're driving a stolen vehicle. Did did, uh,
0: I wish we had. a? don't I assume we don't have a photo of what this paper license plate looks like.
1: No, Uh, we don't have a photo. The police didn't release it. uh, Waterloo Regional is a little different with how much they release. But I will tell you that it was uh, apparently not legit. It was obvious to everyone. huh? Looks like you drew that. It's not really a license plate.
0: Yeah. yeah. They're Unreal. my favorite. They're my favorite. Whenever we see stories of this, um like you remember the one we had not long ago with the it was actually drawn on as well. I think it was cardboard or something. It, first of all, it didn't even have enough. There was like three letters and one number. It said aunt Like Ontario, a fake drawn out sticker, which looked horrible. And then they, and then live free or die, which is the wrong slogan for Ontario. Yeah. It was great. Remember that? So I love looking at things. I I love looking at things like this because some people are just so dumb.
1: Listen, if you're going to. Uh, put on a fake license plate on your car. Maybe do it in Photoshop and print it. At the absolute least, you drawing a loon, and we don't even have a fucking loon on the license plates? That looks stupid. People are going to red flag that shit all day long. Use your head. And I'm not uh, trying to help criminals get away with crimes. I'm trying to help criminals make it through life. This is common sense stuff that we shouldn't have to tell you. Is there no class that these criminals take to tell them? Okay, yeah, that's nice that you drew it, but you could have done it better on the computer.
0: You Fuck. know, there's Google. I mean, there's there's Google. Criminals have access to that. I don't think there's a, an official uh, underground classroom setting where they can learn some of these things. But quite frankly, they're so stupid, they probably will not be able. A, a lot of them are. There are smart criminals, but they're the ones you never talk about or hear about, right? The ones that are dumb tend to be the ones that get caught like this.
1: Very, very frustrating, Kat. Uh <laughs> I like this story. It's kind of fun. Guy was trying to parallel park. This was in New Jersey, and he did what so many have done before. He hit the gas instead of the brake as he was backing in. And rather than hitting the car that he was trying to parallel park with, he actually drove right through the plate glass window of the business on the other side of the sidewalk. Mm. The business? A driver's education school. That's irony, right? Don't tell me that's not irony. (laughs) You (laughs) crashed your car trying to parallel park into a driving school.
0: Oh, no. You know what, though? I bet you their insurance is fucking great, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the best insurance you can buy belongs to driver's ed.
0: Yeah, that shit happens all the time. Stuff like it. They probably was just like another day. Like a car smashes through any other window and people like, holy shit. A car smashed through a fucking window at the McDonald's car smashes through one of those places. Like, oh, fuck again. We just replaced that one.
1: (laughs) The guy is uh, not taking driver's ed. It was just a pure coincidence that that was the business he happened to crash into. Mm -hmm. Bizarre. Uh, Last week, we had Ashley Madison on talking about the top Canadian cities that are ready to get it on this summer. They've now released their list for America. America. What city if you had to guess is the number 1 city that's ready to fucking party?
0: Viva Las Vegas.
1: See, I would have guessed Vegas too. You and I were thinking exactly the same way. Vegas was third. Third.
0: Third. I'm yeah. disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm not mad, I am disappointed.
1: I thought for sure Vegas was going to take that by a mile. But as I look at the American list of cities that coming out of lockdown are ready to fuck. Vegas was third.
0: Oh, can I guess? Can I guess another one on the list that just came to me? Nashville? Is Nashville up there?
1: Nashville is up there, but it is not in the top 10. Oh, fuck. Really? I would have thought so, too. Nashville's the new hotspot. For those who don't know when we can travel again, I know people love Vegas and I know people love to go to the touristy type places. Nashville's legit. You can have a great time in Nashville. Three was Vegas. Four was Hotlanta. Five, for whatever reason, was Cincinnati, Ohio. But number one and number two are very close to each other. Number two was Orlando, Florida. Number one was Miami.
0: Oh, okay. Nothing wrong with Miami. Like nothing wrong with that.
1: No, Miami's a good party spot. I get spot. it.
0: I get it. Like, that all fits. That all fits and makes sense.
1: The uh, annual Finder's Travel Index was just released this morning, and they say with restrictions easing, travel plans are on the rise, and 22% of Canada is planning on taking a trip in the next three months. Mm. The Finder's February to March Travel Index reports of Canadians planned to travel in the coming three months. It rose to 17% in May and now 22% as of July 1st. Canadians are most interested in traveling in Canada. Okay, 15% of Canadians say they plan to travel around Canada over the month of July, August, and September. This actually, if we ever get our shit together could be great for Canadian yes. tourism. Well, people I, are ready to go, but there's so many restrictions mm-hmm. in Ontario that people can't really do shit. So they're going to go to BC and Alberta and the Atlantic provinces sure. and Quebec.
0: Yeah, and you know what? There's a bit of a safety net feeling when you do travel inside your own country. You feel a little bit safer about it. You don't. I think that the, people still have that like PTSD, basically, of when the pandemic first hit and they felt like... You need to come home. Remember, like, come home now. So I think people, people still fear, if what if shit goes down and I'm not in my own country? So at least if I stay in my own country, I know I'm good. I think that there's part that. And then, yeah, part, you're right. It's They're so free and lovely in some parts of Canada right now. And I'm jealous. And it sucks to be in Ontario. But hopefully things will, will come around soon.
1: Uh, yesterday, I was fascinated by this. I was watching the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, make an announcement about an announcement. Sort of. We already knew the next announcement was coming. He just wanted to talk in between announcements. And the UK, uh, we in Ontario basically copied their reopening plan and just made it more strict. But the UK has got a three-step plan and the fourth step is reopening. And they announced, or they will formally announce next week, that step four, the full reopening, is happening July 19th. And so yesterday, the prime minister wanted to come out and speak to his people, the British people, and say, hey, listen, it's time to do this. And I get that the cases are going to rise when we reopen. That's inevitable. And I get that there's still some people that are scared about this. And I get that that there's other people who are freaking out, that there's restrictions in place. So we're going to flip the script a little bit, and I'll explain what that means in a sec. First, here's yesterday, Boris Johnson talking about why now is the time to reopen.
2: We must be honest with ourselves that if we can't reopen our society in the next few weeks, when we will be helped by the arrival of summer and by the the school holidays then we must ask ourselves, when will we be able to return to normal? First off, that's a great question. If we don't open now, when are we going to reopen? He explained a little further. And to those who say we should delay again, the alternative to that is to open up in winter uh, when the virus will have an advantage or not at all this year. Tell me he's wrong.
0: No.
1: He's not wrong. I won't. He's, he's not wrong. I mean, now is the time, Doug. Now is the time. If you wait, you're only going to make things worse. And maybe you're thinking, well, if we wait, we can get more people vaccinated. I- inevitably, we're going to reach a threshold where we can't vaccinate any more people because the people unvaccinated don't want to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So and we're almost at that point, point. 40 percent of even Toronto is double-vaxxed now.
0: At a certain point, the government has to have a hands-off approach. I understand them needing to be hands-on and distribute the vaccines and make it so that everyone who is willing to get one gets one. And I think that a lot of areas, particularly there, too, they've done a great job with that. Everyone who wants the vaccine... And be double dosed is double dosed at this point, I think there, if I'm not mistaken. So really, at a certain point, you have to let go and say, OK, what will be will be because we've done our part. We've controlled as much as we needed to control to stop the spread of the virus. Vaccines are here. It's in arms that want to be that they want it to be there, of course. And, and now what's left to do but just. You do you, boo-boo. If you get sick with the virus, it ain't on us because we gave you every opportunity to get the shot. That's how I think they are seeing it. And I don't mind that at all.
1: You're 100% right. That's exactly what Boris Johnson went on to say. He said, this is not about the government controlling you. Let me play it for you in his own words. This
2: will take 30
1: seconds. This is yesterday. The prime minister of the UK.
2: We will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behavior We'll move away from legal restrictions and allow people to make their own informed decisions about how to manage the virus. Isn't that refreshing? Mm -hmm.
1: We are going to let people who have been told every different way that they can protect themselves. We're going to let them make their own choices in life rather than the
2: government controlling. There's more. From step four, we will remove all legal limits on the numbers meeting indoors and outdoors. We will allow all businesses to reopen, including nightclubs. We will lift the limit on named visitors to care homes and on numbers of people attending concerts, theater and sports events. Hmm. With
1: those two clips in mind. It's no longer about the government giving you restrictions to keep you safe. You know what's safe. You should wear a mask when you can't distance or when you're indoors with other people, whatever. We know what to do. It's not about the government making that a law that you have to follow. It's about you wanting to protect yourself and your loved ones. Hey, listen, there's so much emphasis on COVID and the restrictions and they just they're so draconian here in Ontario. It's crazy that when you listen to someone like that, a G7 leader say, you, you need to accept some responsibility for this. You need to make sure you don't get sick. You need to protect yourself. The government isn't going to walk down Main Street holding your hand saying, oh, you better wash your hands. They're not going to walk there saying, oh, you better pull the mask up over your nose. Oh, you shouldn't go in there. There's too many people. They're not going to do that. Doug Ford is not going to come to your house and say, oh, well, you probably shouldn't have any more people over. That time has passed. It's not about the government mandating it. It's about you doing what you have to do to protect you. And if it so works out that there's still people out there that are worried, and I know there are, they're not the loud ones on social media, but I fully understand there are people who are worried about getting sick or worried about their loved ones getting sick. Mm -hmm. We're basically at a point now where you have to be responsible for yourself. And if you can't be responsible for yourself or you're still scared, there's nothing wrong with that. That's totally okay. But now rather than everybody having to stay home because you feel uncomfortable, you stay home.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing to me that I think the general perception is that we're all taking a hit for the people who – don't want anything to do with the vaccine and are catching COVID, right? Some people have that mindset. Really, it's not necessarily the case. I know people who are hesitant to get the vaccine that still haven't, and they are the ones saying, it's fine, open up, and if I catch it, that's on me. So I think that the perception that the people who have the vaccine are like, open up and fuck the rest of them, is actually not accurate because the people that are choosing not to get it are saying it's okay and open up as well. Everybody seems to be on the same page with wanting to open up. I understand The government's worried about, and it's always the variant, right? Always got to fucking bring up the variant. Look, there's a lot of shit that's going to continuously happen here. I don't, we all know it's not necessarily over, over. But take a look at the places where the vaccination rates have been decent and they are able to gather and they're hanging out and they are at the clubs and they're doing all these other things. At a certain point, you have to learn to let go. It's almost like having a, I don't know, a kid that goes off to college or something. You've done everything that you have to do. And at a certain point, you have to just, Let it go. And maybe that's the trouble, is the loss of control for the people who are in control. But I think it has to be done at a certain point. And I'm not saying Ontario, for example, is ready for that just yet. I'm okay with a little bit of restriction. I'd like to get to step three, ASAP, like everybody else does. But at a certain point, Boris Johnson is bang on. That's exactly what you have to do. We can't keep living a certain way just for the few people who are afraid or or are hesitant or are straight up anti-vax you can't live that way based on that so right. let it go
1: that that's 100 right let it go take the training wheels off let adults be adults and the ones that are kids let their caregivers protect them we've been told for over a year what we have to do whether it's masks washing our hands not gathering indoors we all know how to do it now there's no excuse it's on us And I love that he's treating adults in the U.K. like adults because we're not being treated like adults here anymore. We really aren't. There's and what's funny is I have to think that Doug is not lying when he says nobody wants to open up more than me. The problem is Doug is shit scared of there being another outbreak and it ruining his chances at getting reelected. He's really, really. Become a politician, but
0: that's a problem, and that's such a problem. That is such the- that is so the opposite of what I want to see in here. As mm-hmm. someone who casts a ballot and casts a ballot for every election, I don't want to hear and see that. You know, I want someone who's actually here for the right reasons and doing things because it makes sense, not because they think it might be the best for them to get reelected. That's what's going to get my vote. Is you just being real about it?
1: Yeah. And Boris Johnson is real. Now he's always been quirky. At the best. Yeah. Good way (laughs) to put it. He's an oddball, but they're okay with that in the UK. He doesn't come off like a typical politician. He'll do a news conference with his hair standing up and his tie crooked and all that sort of shit. He doesn't give a fuck. But he does a pretty good job at running the country and realizing when the government has gone too far or if the government's approaching that line and realizing that it's not the government's job to run your life. Imagine the government said, okay, from now on, no more doggy style. Only missionary in Ontario. You can only do missionary because that is the way that we think you should fuck. No more doggy style. People would be outraged and say, fuck you. It's my life. It's my bedroom. It's my penis and her vagina. And we're going to do it however we want to do it. Can you imagine that news conference if Doug or Justin came out there and said, yeah, guys, we're going to have to ban the doggy style. We're seeing too many injuries in the <laughs> hospitals, too many whoops, wrong hole. We're seeing a way too much of that shit and we can't allow it anymore. We can't allow our hospitals to get overrun. So from now on, it is missionary only. And that's the way it has to be.
0: Well, that would be a big problem for a lot and, of people.
1: Fuck. <laughs> uh, a couple other things here uh, before we wrap it up. And I don't want to go <laughs> so too ridiculous,
0: too by the way. I know, but I mean, it's
1: the same thing, right? Like, don't tell me how to live my life. I know how to do it.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, Let's get to. Oh, good news story, bad news story. And then we'll leave it at that bad news story. Texas, they just celebrated the 4th of July and Texas loves America. They fucking love it. They had a 4th of July parade just outside of Dallas. And one very patriotic older lady decided, I'm going to be part of that parade. I'm going to put some U.S. flags on my tractor, and I'm going to participate in that parade. So she drove her tractor, which is a pretty old school tractor, by the way. She drove it to the parade staging area, and she was ready to get in line. And they said to her, oh, no, no, no. It doesn't work like that. It isn't just like everybody can drive down the street for this parade. This is an organized parade, and you can't come. And she didn't find that acceptable. She thought, this is America. We're celebrating independence, and I don't want to be told what to do by some parade marshal. So the parade got going, and what did she do? She went and jumped right in the parade. There were six cops okay. chasing this woman in a tractor, trying to pull it over.
0: Why did she want to be in it that badly? Was this like a childhood dream, and she thought it was going to happen? Why would you Why would you do that?
1: Nope. She just wanted to celebrate America, Kat. She wanted to show off her patriotism. She wanted to be the one leading the charge with that flag waving proudly off of her old school tractor. It's pretty funny, actually. Do you want to hear a bit of the highlight? Sure. Listen to this. Ashley, get the kid. Here we go. What the fuck, man? And it goes on from there. If you couldn't quite make out what she was saying, she was saying, I ain't breaking any laws. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an American. As it it, it turns out, she was. uh, The charge was disorderly conduct, criminal mischief, evading arrest and interfering with a processional. (laughs) Wow. I didn't even know that was a charge, interfering with a processional. Oh, that's amazing. I want to end it with a good news story. This is a little girl, and she is seven years old, seven years old, and she's been through a lot at her young age. She suffered a stroke in the womb when her mom was pregnant. She came through that. She now suffers from cerebral palsy, which makes her have differing abilities than the rest of us. She wanted a playground near her home to be accessible uh, with cerebral palsy. She has a difficult time trying to get up the ramps or, or up the stairs or whatever it is that's at this playground. They're not necessarily accessible. I assume you've been to a, a playground more recently than I. Yes, how many? How, many. How would it work for somebody who's disabled? Is it fully accessible for everybody? No,
0: it's absolutely not. I I actually cannot stand that, and I hope now going forward, it's easy enough if you're building a park or if you are putting renovations together for a park to make that more accessible. Ramps is one really easy way to do that, to at least have the ability for someone to, who, who has trouble climbing stairs, maybe cannot cl- uh, get up the stairs. And it's also good for the young ones. Like, I have a two-year-old, and I like to be able to take her to playgrounds. I purposely select ones that are a little more easily accessible. And she doesn't even have any, any issues like this. So I couldn't imagine being a parent of a, of a child who did and can't take them to 99% of the parks for that reason, because they feel left out or it takes too much time or they actually just straight up physically can't do it. So I am a fan of a lot of places that will put these uh, parks together that are more accessible. And you'll see the accessible swings. Like, I don't know if you know what they, what they look like, but there's no. some swing. Oh, well, there's a, a lot of swings that are in place now. Actually, here in Kitchener-Waterloo, where I live, there, a lot of parks are either making those changes or they are building new parks very easily accessible for those in a wheelchair, for example, to be able to go on a swing, which Good. they wouldn't have been able to do in some cases. So they have wheelchair accessible. It's a, basically a full seat swing. Really cool. Um, a lot of different examples like that to make it more accessible. And there's a few easy things that can happen. I can't stand the old school park design. I'm not sure which dipshits created them even from the beginning and why it's good for this little girl. Because things do need to change. I think there's no excuse for not for having parks that don't have this accessibility, I think. And again, it is easier and safer for younger kids anyway.
1: I'll call it systemic discrimination yeah. against the differently abled. And it's true. I mean, there's so much emphasis right now on racism and discrimination against various ethnic groups and religions and so on and so forth. I don't know that anybody has as rough a time as people with different abilities. Yep, yep. People who are disabled, people who are uh, wheelchair bound, people who have different cognitive abilities. They face barriers every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's not right. But anyway, little Gwen wasn't going to take this laying down. Gwen decided, I'm going to lobby with my local politicians. She met with some city councilors and, and proposed to them that we have an accessible playground. So that kids with different abilities can participate and be a kid, and she got what most people get when they go and see one of the politicians. Many of them are very cowardly, and they'll just tell you what you want to hear to your face, and then not follow through afterwards. Yeah.
0: Oh, I can actually propose that in the budget. No, I can't. But I'll pretend I can. Like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll send in a proposal.
1: Oh, I'll look into that. I'll form a committee to study it. They give you every bullshit line in the in the book. Well, this uh, counselor. Said, yeah, yeah, this is a good idea, little girl. We're going to try and get on this for you. And, and just paid all the lip service. Well, this wasn't good enough for little Gwen. Gwen wants to be able to play on an accessible playground now. It's summertime. The problem was money. And the town didn't necessarily have the ability to pass uh, a money expenditure type bill right away. And then hire the contractors. And there's all kinds of red tape whenever government does anything. So little Gwen decided to do what worked for her. She set up a lemonade stand on the weekend. Not only did she sell out of lemonade in minutes when people found out that this was the little girl and this is what she was trying to raise money for to do what the government said they would do and hasn't done yet. They bought her out of lemonade and then made so many donations that she's already got enough money to build the accessibility features for the park right now down from her house.
0: Wow. Isn't that fantastic? That's cool. That is good so cool. I mean, it's sad though, at the same time that nothing could be done from the city itself, but that, that's great. I mean, people, right? People can sometimes be the answer. Your average everyday people in the community. So that's awesome. That is a good story.
1: Politicians take note. Even mm-hmm. the seven-year-olds have had enough of your shit. It's time to get the job done, and I think there is a bright future ahead of little Gwen in whatever it is she decides to do. I like that. Thank you for listening to this edition of After 9, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. Thunderstorms, good possibility tonight. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Do you want the COVID numbers before we go? They just came in.
0: I saw that, yes. They are nice and low, the way I like to see it.
1: 255 new cases. A hundred and twelve of them are in Toronto, more than double what Hang Toronto on. had yesterday.
0: What? But that's a data. That's data from twenty twenty.
1: Oh, there's a data. Yes, okay, yes, so I'm looking yeah. at the daily report. Okay, here.
0: no. So uh, Christine Elliott confirmed that there was basically another data dump, if you will. So there are actually thirty two cases in Toronto, twenty six in Peel, twenty five in the region of Waterloo, a total of one hundred sixty four new cases.
1: That's it. One hundred sixty four new. Yeah. But the headline will be 244. Which is stupid.
0: They're from 2020. I hate whatever system they have in place. It's so stupid because it's just scaring people. Guys, we're on the right track. We're doing the right thing. Everybody's doing well.
1: It scares people and it empowers government to keep the restrictions in longer than they have to.
0: Yeah, like, give me a fucking break. If you found numbers, basically, like, oops, I found numbers from 2020. Like, don't even put it in a separate side note. You don't even need to make it. Why are you making it part of today's reporting? Like, there's got to be a separate area for that where you can put it. It's from last year. Crying out loud.
1: Yes, thank you.
2: One more time, by the way, in case you missed it. We will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behavior. We'll move away from legal restrictions and allow people to make their own informed decisions about how to manage the virus.
1: Thank you, Boris Johnson, for saying that.
2: Fuck you, Doug!
1: Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. The After Nine podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy.